This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. If you're looking to move out of your parents' place, you could really cut expenses by bundling your car and renter's insurance with Progressive, which is good because your little brother has gotten really territorial. You're blood-related. You'd think it would be fine to share food in the fridge. I mean, who writes their name on every individually wrapped slice of cheese, Tyler? Still, you've got to admire the commitment. So bundle your renters and car insurance with Progressive and use the savings to help you move out and have all the cheese you want. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. Um, in a moment. Okay. You don't want to talk anything before we get on here? No, I do. You okay. mean to each other? Yeah. Uh, sure. What do you want to talk about? We're live. Do you hear a slight echo with me? No. Okay. No. <laughs> so if someone's just hopping online now, we are on the Birdland Tonight feed. This is Section 336. We're going to do our normal Section 336 show, but it's talking Orioles, so... Uh, hang out with us, jump in the comments, and all like you normally do for Birdland tonight, which is, of course, an upcoming uh, postgame show. So we'll talk about that as we do the show. All right, Matt, I don't have the 336 music loaded up. Well, I can't start so, till I hear it. So you're just going to have to pretend that you heard it. Okay. Give me about a minute to play the whole song through in my head, and then I'll get started. Ah, the show's on, the song's only 30 seconds. We shortened. <laughs> Remember, we used to have one that was like three minutes long. Yeah, I like that one. Now we're uh, 30, um, 30 seconds. All right, all right, let me hit the music. Behind home plate, we bringing it to a more day. gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to Section 336 Next Generation of Baltimore Sports Talk. I am your endearingly stuttering host, Matt Sroka. As always, I'm joined by the button lover, Josh Sroka. Hey, Matt. How you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm fired up about a couple of things this week, Josh. Like like spring training? I'm fired up about spring training. I haven't seen like, as many like your new haircut. I know. I know. The picks are down, and it, it's got to be a COVID thing. I didn't get a new haircut. You didn't? All right. It's just what you got is you got a new backdrop now that we're doing video. There's actually some bobbleheads and books back there. It looks like you kind of know what you're doing. Well, just because I'm upstairs and I'm usually downstairs, but I'm right by the kids' room, but the kids aren't here tonight. So I I saw an interview today. Oh, I was watching the I've been watching the MLB network a lot lately uh, because I just figured out that I had it. For one and two, it's baseball season. But I saw I've been an watching a lot of NBA TV because I figured I figured that you had it, and now I've been watching a lot of NBA TV. But okay, go <laughs> yeah, ahead. It's YouTube Live or whatever it is. YouTube yeah. TV. Um, I was watching an interview today with a baseball player. I don't remember who, and they were interviewing him, and he was standing there like I am, but he was standing on like a flat wall, like he chose like 
just around the wall to, to do as his background. Mm-hmm. And nothing was on his wall except for a big thermostat right over his shoulder. So I found my eyes kept going to the thermostat behind him. Mm. Like, like, I wonder what temperature he's keeping it in his home. <laughs> Can he afford to crank that AC all year? What was the temperature at? I don't know. I couldn't read it. What do you say your temperature at normally? My temperature, <laughs> my temperature is 70 degrees. Do you do Even there? Is it, zero. Do you do no air conditioning? Are you able to open up the windows and just uh, take in that fresh air? Or no, do you need I air do, conditioning? I do no heat. Okay. And I, ca- and I put it to 70, and we open up the windows, but when we open the windows, like, the air conditioner goes off. Okay, well, it's, yeah, enjoy it, Josh, because in Maryland, they're calling for another storm on Thursday, so they just we keep on getting hit over here. I it's know. Been a- I wasn't going to talk about the weather. I haven't talked about the weather. I just did my air conditioner. I keep my air conditioner at – what do you keep yours at? 69. Really? You yeah. You think that extra one degree help you, helps you? Well, we save a few bucks. Okay. Okay. All right. No, I kept mine a lot. I kept mine colder up north. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the heat. So how, how warm do you want our house? And we also have the wood stove. So when it gets real cold, we get that wood stuff going too. Yeah. I also have a brand new house. So like the energy stuff, like the windows don't leak and everything like every house I've had before. I got no insulation on my floor. I don't want to get into this today because we get a lot of oil stuff to get into, but no insulation on my floor. Cold air just seeping through my floor. I need right. to insulate my crawl space. If anyone does that, I need to get a hold of someone to do that. <laughs> to insulate your crawl space. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Any listeners, insulate crawl spaces? That's what I need. All right. All right. We'll find, we'll find yeah, that person that can insulate your crawl space. I can't even fit in my crawl space. It's a tiny old house, built in 1910. Anyway, no, no, I'm fired up about uh, – there's some uh, fan graph stuff that came out today I'm fired up about. Oh, there's lots, of, lots of fun stuff. predictions. Some yeah. Keith Law stuff I'm fired up about. And I want to get into, as we have pitchers and catchers reporting, I want to get into some of the kind of intriguing things that I'm looking for yeah. in our pitching staff and, and a couple guys who I think are big time on the bubble this year as far as pitching goes, and this could be kind of a make-or-break year for them. So, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of things I want to get into. Oh, and I saw today this great article headline, The Orioles are concerned after multiple players arrive at spring training in way too good of shape for baseball. So that's exciting. We're coming in in great shape. That's the headline. They're no. concerned? Yeah, they're concerned. Why? Yeah, suspiciously scanning their social media profiles and contacting agents looking for any signs of disconnect because – the Orioles are concerned Tuesday after multiple players showed up for the first day of spring training in way too good shape of baseball. I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> um, Where are you reading see. that from? Uh, what are they up to? Are they planning to quit and go play tennis or basketball or something, said manager Brandon Hyde. Watching Ryan Mountcastle sprint between the bases and snatch a line drive out of the air without even breaking a sweat. He must be gunning for a trade to another team. Anthony Santander looks like he lost 15 pounds and looks more like a cornerback than an outfielder. I can't believe that he just showed up completely jacked. Mm. At first time, Hyde was issuing an order that that every in-shape Orioles player must put on 30 pounds of flab before opening day or risk being fined. You're reading the pickle. The onion? Yeah, Yeah, it it says it's America's finest news source. Oh, is that the onion? I thought that was the pickle. No, no, this is the onion. Oh, uh, the, the pickle. Onion. <laughs> That's the sports ones. Um, yeah. But 
But they can say that because there's no pictures. No pictures. If there, if there yeah. were pictures, and by the way, all those were position players who right, most so, weren't even down there yet. But whatever. Exactly. Um, it's all right. If, they don't cover sports. Pictures, we could prove that they're fat. And and yeah, multiple people in the stream are pointing out that it's an Onion article. I know that the Onion's fake. It was for fun. I understand what's going on. Sorry to uh, <laughs> let you guys know the truth, but I understand. Yeah. So, but either way, it was just, it's always fun to see, it's always fun to see people outside of Baltimore talk about the Orioles. Well, the thing is, Josh, come spring, come spring training, even though it's not really spring here, another storm on the way, as I mentioned, you want to talk about the the weather some more, we can go there. But the cool thing about spring coming and Orioles baseball and pitchers and catchers report is that hope springs eternal and when you have pitchers and catchers report everybody's got a chance to win the world series because everyone's oh and oh oh yeah and and i saw michael Elias today said guys look great we got some really good guys in camp this year yeah though we got it, matt harvey and felix hernandez yeah we have even talked about the matt harvey thing but that we'll get I, there yeah i'm excited about that i mean i've already starting to plan my my schedule, like Emily and I are going to have like one night a week where we can hang out, like a date night or whatever, a hangout night once a week. The rest of the nights, um, it's going to be it's going to be all Orioles baseball. You know what I'm saying? Josh, do, do, do you know what our hangout night is? Um, it's Thursdays. No, uh, it's it's it, we have a thing in our house now. Wade LeBlanc starts. Wade LeBlanc starts. <laughs> We're going to go hang out, do something. I said, Emily, that's our night to do something. The rest gotcha. of the night, Harvey Hernandez. Oh, so I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be glued to the TV, and then you add that the Aiken and Kramer means. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm all in for all starts except for uh, Wade LeBlanc date night. See, you, you got me there because Mandy and I really do have like a, a date night, get out night, and it's Thursdays because generally Thursdays are like the getaway day and stuff. So Thursdays, Mondays, you're normally pretty good, but we've got three thirty six on Mondays. So then we, Thursdays is always our date night. For the most part, unless it's Thursday night football, Thursdays are generally pretty good days oh, to yeah. avoid it, all this. No, my wife and I really don't do date nights. We have a one-year-old and a three-year-old. We'll do date nights in uh, 10 years or whatever. You know, I added this whiteboard behind me. I haven't had a whiteboard since uh, back in, in Maryland with the, the studio where we'd write bets down and stuff. And dumb can, predictions that would never and, come and dumb predictions. So yeah. I don't think you can read it where my camera is right now. But I got some dates I marked down. Okay. February 28th, March okay. 6th, March 20th, March 21st, and March 28th. It says 105, 605, 605, 105, 105. You know why I have those five dates down? Uh, the first date is the opening day of spring training, right? It is. Spring training games. Yeah. That's because I ordered my spring training tickets yesterday. Oh, nice. I bought a five-game Pass to go see the Orioles in Sarasota, and I bought. I've got every Saturday and Sunday home game. What's the, the demand Orioles. like for twenty five percent capacity? Were they? I don't pretty know. Easy to get. Well, that's what I was asking the guy because individual tickets. I wanted tickets for February twenty eighth. I want to be there for the first day that fans can actually watch baseball. I mean, we've talked about it before about how everyone's like with all this COVID stuff. Everyone's wor- made a big deal about churches being shut down. But that's fine. You can do all that. Camden Yard shutting down was like shutting down a church for me. Not going and seeing baseball. That's like where I have peace and where I can relax and, and stress goes away and all that. 
So not being able to see baseball in over a year in person, I'm anxious to get out there on February 28th and watch them practice. Mm. So, so I baseball is your religion. Is, is who's your god? Is is Michael Elias your god, or is Rod, um, Rod Manfred your god? Let's who's say baseball is not my religion. Baseball is my uh, what would be something to to get rid of stress. My mm. what's the um, your your drug of choice? Not, not yoga, but what's the other thing that people do? The meditation. Mm. Like a meditation studio yeah, would be your uh, zen, a yeah, baseball okay. field for me. Uh, like the people that just go and stare at the ocean or sit on a rock cliff. Yeah, no, me, no. It's I'm, baseball. So I wrote yeah, that. I'm 100% on board with you with that. Yeah. yeah. So I called the Orioles, and 25% is 1,800 people. That's not many people at all. No, it's not many people at all. So I asked them, I said, well, what type of demand are you expecting? Not, not really sure, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Sure. They're, people in Florida are so laid back that it drives me crazy sometimes, and the Orioles uh, ticket staff is as well. But I did have one concern. Okay. When when I placed my I know order it's not yesterday, COVID because you're in Florida. So, but go ahead. Yeah, it's not COVID. No. Um, careful. We don't want to talk politics on Section 336. Yeah, I got, I'm going to get to there. I'm going to get. I got some <laughs> notes that later. Late, late, later in the show. Just, um, just wait for that. Yeah. All right. So here's the deal. I went to the Orioles website, and I it wouldn't work for me to order spring training tickets. Okay. And I decided that I was going to buy the five-game plan, even though I really only cared about one game because it's a four-hour drive. I don't know if I'm going to go to multiple games. Yeah. That's, that's but a, I decided, that's you know what? It's a business expense. It's for this podcast in Birdland tonight. I need to be at the first game. I'm buying the five-game plan. Sure. So I went on the website to do it, and it wouldn't work. So I called them. Called over to old Ed Smith. Oh my gosh, phone! Old yeah, school, I love it. Yeah. Exactly. I'm telling you, this is an old school thing, and it gets more old school. I call him, and he walks me through the options. We talk about it, uh, you know, where I want to sit. I chose first base side, and and uh, going over the ticket options. I'm like, all right, and he said, all right, well, you got to pick your five games. I picked my five games, and I said, all right, but the website doesn't work. And he said, no problem. I've got a I've got a uh, worksheet. So we just got to fill out the worksheet. Like a pencil and paper? Like a pencil and paper. So then I went over everything with him again. Did you crash or something? I went over him again with everything as he filled in, and he went to the little bubbles and circled in the bubbles for the five dates I wanted, and then what what area I want my seats in, and I chose uh, first baseline, like I said. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, so he went through all this. Gives I give him the credit card. He write he writes it all down. Handwritten credit card. Yeah. Okay. And then he says, "All oh, right, well, I just got to take this to the sale to the sales manager, and you'll get an email." So I haven't gotten an email yet. Oh my! This is Josh. And, what you're describing is exactly the procedures for vaccines in Maryland, by the way, too. But I, okay. Okay, it might be. But no, I'm wondering if this guy I'm wondering if this guy was like a ticket taker at Memorial Stadium and then they just transplanted him down to Ed Smith when he retired. Cause I but then but no, but then here's the best part. All this ends and I ask, all right, well, are my tickets do you mail my me my tickets or anything? Because I gave you my address and all. And he said, Oh no, this year tickets are all digital. So the ordering process was all paper. The tickets are coming as digital. Yeah, you're 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 not gonna get those tickets. Those those tickets are not coming I, to your inbox. I checked my bank account yes earlier today, and I'm I, you know what? I'll check while we're on the while we're on the air. But uh, there was no money taken out of my bank account yet, so I thought that was a bad sign that they hadn't cashed my check yet. 
Yeah, and on, on our end up here in Baltimore, we haven't heard yet about uh, attendance or anything. So haven't had any, even the opportunity to purchase or renew our season tickets. So I'm still curious to see what that is. I, honestly, I'm curious to see also with, uh, you know, we always went to the game, you, Dad, and the zany one, Burt Rohde, Yeah, if you coconuts remember him. And I don't know, I don't know how even if dad's doing, you know, two tickets, three tickets, he says just doing one ticket this year, though I think he was joking about it. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, we're all on hold here as far as attendance and how well, that was work. that was that's one of my questions that I asked the spring training guy and he wasn't able to help me because he probably doesn't work for the Orioles and was just some random guy taking my yeah. credit card. Better off uh, asking me. Yeah. Well my question for him was I only bought one ticket. I'm going all by myself. And they kept saying it's 1,800 people spread out in pods. Does that mean mm. I get a pod all to myself, whatever a pod means? Yeah, are you going to be stuck in a pod with somebody else? Ooh. Right. Like, am I going to be with someone else? That seems kind of anti-COVID. But yeah. I am in Florida. But I think by separate pod, it means I should be sitting all by myself with, like, eight feet around me of empty space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, right? I think that that's true. Wouldn't yeah, you think I'm all true. by myself? Yeah, I think that's true. Which means, and so, but six feet is what two two or three seats uh, around you? Yeah, maybe. But six feet is enough space where when the Orioles aren't broadcasting spring training games, I think six feet I could get away with broadcasting from my phone and talking through my AirPods and doing some play by play to the Orioles. Yeah, though with only eighteen hundred people in there, or whatever the players could probably hear you. It'd be like that. Uh... Oh, I didn't think about that. The announcer's going to hear the players. I, yeah, I didn't think about the player factor. And the other people. So when you're up there bashing Chris Davis on your phone, right. just know Chris Maybe, Davis can hear you. Good point. Maybe I stream the video and you do the play-by-play. Fair enough. Yeah, we, yeah, we can make That's, that work. We got we to gotta figure something out there. Yeah. So, right. But, yeah, it's spring training. It's great. Yeah, Tomorrow's pictures the of the reported. Yeah. Fan graphs. Can we talk about this? <laughs> yeah, is that where you want to start? Uh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, so you would just want to jump out with what the Orioles have been given. Chances to make the playoffs, 0%. I sent this to you earlier today because I just had to laugh because yeah. I, got, I got the American League postseason odds and the National League postseason odds. The, okay, I don't uh, care about anyone else but the Orioles. Well, the Rockies have a 0.1%. That's pretty crappy. Okay, the yeah. Orioles have a 0%. And I don't know how you can do 0%. Like, you could have easily just scraped off a .001 from someone and stuck it on the Orioles. Yeah, yeah, this is, this is a total mockery of the Orioles franchise. Let, let me tell you guys, they have more than a 0% chance. You, do you know who has a 0% chance of making the playoffs uh, this year? The me? Bowie Bay Sox. Um, of, the Baltimore of making, Ravens. Uh, of the, making the yeah, of major, the, major of making League the World playoffs, Series. Of making major the MLB playoffs. playoffs. The, yeah. um, the Nashville Orioles have the a Frederick 0% Keys. chance. Yeah. But the Orioles have a chance. Right. If they, if they had a point if they had a Right. If they had a straight zero, there'd be no point in playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. So, and this is why people hate. And I know, like, it just rounds down, right? So it's probably point zero zero one or point zero zero three or whatever. But, but... The, this is why people hate computers, right. because yeah. according to the computer, the Orioles legitimately have a zero percent chance of winning, and and this is why you play the games, and this is also why right. people do. They hate these nerd stats, they hate fan graphs, they hate all the technology. Rightfully so, because they try to suck the very fun and life out of it. Hope springs internal. You can stick at fan graphs. All right. 
Now, I had to laugh as an Oriole fan and seeing zeros. Oh, if I, I, if I, 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 I cursed under my breath. I didn't laugh. If I was a Tampa Bay fan, I'd be ticked. That they're saying that they have an 18% chance of the postseason. That they have I, 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 listed as fourth, fourth place in the AL East. And they were just in the World Series last year. That's, that's ridiculous. But they deserve it for trading away their best pitcher. Like yeah. Sure. I understand. But yeah, that, I agree. And, and the Boston Red Sox seem to be getting rid of everybody. Um, and, and their percent seems pretty high, too, in the AL East. Though, I mean... I mean, if you look at the Yankees and the Blue Jays, and if, if they really think, if Fangraphs think the Red Sox are going to be good, and then the Rays only have 18%, I think that further emphasizes, and the Orioles at 0%, how good they think the AAL East is. Well, yeah. That's why they have the Yankees at like 97%. Right. So they're going to win a bunch of games in all these AAL East m- matchups to, to hurt the Orioles. Like they probably, their computer program probably has Orioles losing every single game to the Yankees. I, I would like to see what the computer graphs say with the same computer charts for wins and losses. Like, I guess, are they one of these other people who've projected like 60 wins or did fan graphs say like, Oh, 20 wins or 162 losses. How do you get to zero? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how all the, all the, all the math works. Like it, you run every scenario and none of them adds up to the Orioles having a chance at the playoffs. Right. That's um, weird. Yeah. Because, but this is the beauty of baseball, right? Like you have guys, and I'm not saying the Orioles have a chance to make the playoffs because, no. honestly, they really don't have a chance to make the playoffs. Like this is this is the thing I love about Oriole fans, and it's absolutely true. Like we think our team stinks, we understand we're rebuilding, but we still get pissed off when you say we have a zero percent chance of making the playoffs. Well, the zero like, percent chance are true. says zero percent chance says that. Every other major league baseball team could get COVID and not finish the season, and the Orioles would still not make the playoffs. Yeah, we, yeah, we still figure out a way not to make it. Right. Yeah. But so, yeah, zero's laugh, laughing. But hey, isn't it? Are Oriole fans more sensitive, or are sports fans in general just kind of stupid and sensitive, no matter what team you're from? See, I don't know because I would argue that the media has mocked and picked on the Orioles more than other franchises. And so maybe I'm part of the sensitive fan base you're talking about here. But I feel like the Orioles of the past three years, four years, have been the butt of a lot of jokes in the larger mainstream. Even with Michael Elias coming here, we're still like well, the yeah. butt of a lot of jokes. Well, why do you think that they were the they got the onion story today out of all sports, uh, sports yeah, training teams I'm... that reported today? That's You're exactly right. I know, and and you'll see even reviews of the AL East, and they don't even mention like Peter Gammons wrote one, didn't even mention the Orioles, like didn't even mention <laughs> them as if they're not even like, in the AL East, right? And other people would just like put a funny comment, oh, the Orioles would be bad again or something in their pre- in their previews of, of the AL East, like, it's, oh, yeah, and they don't do like that for the Bleacher team. Report type thing, yeah. yeah, and they don't really do that much for the teams. So may- maybe I'm oversensitive as an Oriole fan, but it does feel like the national media is hating on us a lot, right. though. With a lot of the prospect lists recently um, and how they're praising Adley Rushman and D.L. Mm-hmm. Hall and Grace Rodriguez, maybe some of that is changing, hopefully. Yeah, I saw a lot of prospect lists around seven, seven and eight slots, and I think that's respectable. I mean, top ten is definitely something. I, I, I can be okay with top ten. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Now, Keith, Keith Law. Balls? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, Keith Laws was 17. Yeah. Which means I, the best of the worst. Yes. 
Yes. Um, I have a few things to say about Keith Law. <laughs> well, it, let's get into Keith Law. Josh, that ranking of 17, was it 17, right? Yeah. That made me so irrationally angry. I can't even tell you. Okay. It's still to this time, it's still right now, it ticks me off when I think about it. And, and do you All know right. why, Josh? I'll say Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, someone, um, there's a quote by Mother Ter- Teresa, Josh. Let me throw out a Mother Ter- Teresa quote. I used okay. to have a, like a devotional book where it was like a, mother, a quote by Mother Teresa every day to kind of contemplate and meditate on, Josh, to use your word. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. And one of these Mother Teresa quotes, and I forget the exact quote, but to paraphrase, it was like, if someone says something bad about you, but you know it's completely untrue, it doesn't bother you at all. But if someone says something bad about you and there's even a little bit of truth to it, you take great offense at it and it makes you angry. Josh. Okay. I want to sure. ask you a question. We, we, are, okay. we, are, we do this podcast thing and sometimes people don't like our podcast. We get criticisms sometimes. Oh, yeah. We got one last podcast. week. Yep. Yeah. So some, well, one person last week, a commenter on some forum said that, a, well, that it was on Reddit, which we don't respect the whole lot of anyway. Okay. That they like our podcast, but we talk yeah. too much politics. Yep. Josh, let me ask you a question. Yes. How did that comment about um, them, uh, about us talking too much politics, um, like wh- what effect did that have on you? How, how did you feel about that comment? Uh, I laughed. I took a screenshot and I sent it to you. And yeah. I said, I don't think we really talk politics, but nowadays I guess everything's politics. Right. And so your reaction is that first part of the Mother Teresa quote, that, that the criticism is so outlandish and just wrong that it's not even to be taken seriously so you can laugh yeah. it off. Me, on the other hand, it kind of bothered me a little bit because I felt there may be a little bit of truth in it, and therefore it bothered me. It's like, it's like when I'm teaching, okay. and sure. students criticize teachers all the time. You get used to crit- crit- criticism as a teacher. And sometimes students will say, like, Mr. Soroka, you're... I don't know, like you're an unfair grader or something. I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, I take time to, to grade carefully. I'll always consult with kids about their grades. So if you say that about me, it's just ridiculous. And I, it doesn't bother me at all. It has no effect on me. But if they say something like, Mr. Soroka, like, I like your class, but the organization that you have is, like, really bad. And, like, I'm terrible at organi- organizing things, anything, um, honestly. And so and that criticism affects me because I know it's true. So it bothers right. me. Yeah. Criticism that's true I think it bothers us more. Sure. I understand that. So Keith Law. <laughs> this is why okay. it bothers me. Because I think he's right. Because I think he's right. Because, first of all, how are you going to go from the worst, one of the worst teams in baseball up to number seven overnight? That's my first well, it's, point. It's been three years. Three years. We were the last. But it's not like you've had huge trade pieces to get back top 100 prospects. You've had none. Like, you've had mediocre trade pieces to get past back mediocre prospects. But you had some top picks. You also had had top picks, but other teams had draft picks too, right? We're not the only team doing draft picks. We also, just like this year, got into international signings. Other teams have been doing that the past years. (laughs) But the, the bigger point is I've seen top prospects Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gossman, more recently Hunter Harvey. Fails. Yeah, like not live up to the hype. Crap. We're a top, we're a top 16. We're a 17 team. 
No. So, like, like I'm just, I'm used, like, I feel like there's trick. Like, if you want to say these yeah. prospects are not as good as people are saying, like, I can get behind that because I've I witnessed know. prospects be not as good as everyone else has been saying for years. Yeah, I, I see that. I, I'll tell you, all of these projections and everything, they're all stupid because you don't know. Like, when the Astros won the World Series, there was one guy who projected for them to win the World Series. Everyone else thought that guy was crazy. Because he was at spring training. He was covering them for every game. He was in, in bed with them. Uh, Keith Law has not came and watched a single uh, Bowie Bay Sox game. He doesn't know and see this stuff in person. No one on a national level that covers this team knows the team as well as the team knows itself. So it's hard for me to believe any of these projections, whether it's Buster only or this guy or that guy, you see the same thing in football season when Peter King goes and visits every football team for a day and people get all offended. Oh, he said the Ravens didn't look that good. He was there for a day. Nobody knows anything was just a day. And Keith Law does not know, just like you're talking about math and the stupid computers and rounding errors and all that, they, they do these projections by giving like each player like a one to five grade and then adding up what team gets the highest total. Like it's not, there's no science. It's all random and it's all just guesses. Yeah. And so, and two points to support that one, even to take a step further, even people who, if you would just, if Keith Law would just follow the Orioles 24 seven, he won't even get all the prospects, right? Like how, how come, like if you were to do this five years ago, our Orioles prospect, our number one prospect should have been, based on now, five years ago, it should have been Trey Mancini, number one, John Means, not, not number two, right? But, right. but, but they weren't, uh, Trey Mancini was never our number one prospect. Uh, uh, John Means was never our number one prospect. Yet, they're our best right. players now. So, so best, uh, so, I mean, you just don't know. And the second point is, I don't know how much people are, how, like, how, what effect does, I think a lot of people, the reason we jumped so much in our rankings had a lot to do with the Mike Elias effect that he right. came in here and all our pitchers started pitching better um, because we were implementing all the spin rate and all that stuff. And we saw a better performance from a lot of our players, specifically our pitchers two, two, two years ago. And so I think that's part of it too. The other funky thing, Josh is last year, there wasn't a minor league season. So these, these, um, um, Projections are also weird. These farm rankings are also weird because how you're ranking when you haven't seen most of these guys, no one's seen most of these guys, right, all of last year. Right. There was no development last year. And the last thing I'll say, to Keith Law's credit, and I again, I think he's right, but to Keith, Keith Law's credit, in 2019, when, the, when Michael Lice got here, Michael Lice got here, what, at the end of 2018. So this time in 2019, which is Michael Lice's when he first got here, the Orioles, according to Keith Law, were the worst farm system in all of baseball. Then last year, they were 24th. Then this year, they're 18th. So every year, they've jumped up six spots in Keith Law's rankings, which is, I think that jumping up six spots the past two years, six spots, and then six more spots, 12 spots in two years, I think is a pretty good, you know, it's a pretty good rate of improvement. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I was looking, but when you go with that projection and jumping up a little bit, I just Googled 2020 farm system rankings, and the first one that came out was Bleacher Report. I don't really know 
how much you trust. I don't, again, I don't trust any of these. So Bleacher Report's a fine example. After the 2020 draft, they projected the farm system 11th. So to go from 11 to 7 is fine, but you're talking about 11 to 7, like, in six months of doing nothing. Like, well, yeah, like, like what happened there? To, right. It's not like they make a huge trade to add a bunch of talent. Like, like, what happened? Right. Well, you drafted people. So they're saying that by the draft, by the 2020 draft, our farm system was able to go up four slots. Yeah. That's... But now, actually, no, this is after the draft. They made them 11th. So how you get to 7th doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I, and I and I also wonder how many of these rankings build off other rankings. You know, like how many of these oh, rankings kind of feed? They just kind of a self fulfilling prophecy, right? Someone comes out with a ranking, then people kind of use it as a starting point to make their own rankings. And so I don't know, but like yeah. I'm skeptical. But I mean, the point is with Keith Law, I hate his rankings because I'm skeptical that he is more correct than anybody else. No, you're right. With all the stuff that's going on and whatever, we've seen Calvary fail. We've seen Kevin Gosman fail. We've seen Dylan Bundy fail. We've seen uh, we've seen infield and outfield guys. We saw Matt Weeders projected to be Jesus in cleats, Mauer with power. He was fine, but he was not either of those. <laughs> and I mean, you laugh, but. Um, you know, when was I, the last time? I guess Manny Machado was that the last guy that actually lived up to projections? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Matt Weeders had a great career, but didn't live up to what we thought it right. what they thought it would be. Um, and yeah, you go back to Manny Machado. I mean, other people have exceeded low expectations, like John Means and Trey Mancini. Um, but yeah, very few yeah. have lived up to the high expectations. What's the, better in Baltimore? Oh. What happens to our farm system if Adley Rushman's a bust? I don't know. Like that, the fan, the fan base has crowned Adley Rushman the future. And yeah. I get that he was the number one draft pick overall. And I get that he was a college player. But nothing's guaranteed. Oh, no. I mean, he, he, he could get an arm injury or something. He could, he could, uh, well, I wasn't going to say it out loud because then if it happens, it's, it's look what Matt did. Yeah, but but this is the thing with the farm system ranking, right? Like, add, t- take Adley Rushman away. And right. if we're ranked seven on some website, we, we don't drop down to the bottom third, right? The thing about a farm system is yeah, based off a lot to, of guys. So, like, <laughs> I don't think Mike Elias is putting all of his eggs in the Adley Rushman basket. Now, yeah. it would be a huge disappointment if he turns out not to be a really good major leaguer. But it's not like the franchise moves right, to Nashville is, if he doesn't work out. Mm, but what does that say about your entire franchise if the number one guy doesn't make it? Oh, see, I think that says very says very little because I think it's just it's just this guy didn't turn out. Yeah, when the consensus, when everyone agrees, this is the best guy, okay. um, and gotcha. Orioles seem to be developing guys right. That then I just gotcha. think it says bad luck. Okay, all right, fine. I'll give you the bad luck. Now, our history with starting pitchers that is, I feel like. Going all the way back to the Jake Arrieta example, yeah, that that was a pattern. But I think new regime, we're doing pitching completely different now. I don't think I don't think it's fair to put Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gossman, going all the way back to Jake Arrieta. I don't I don't think that's fair to put it on this new regime. Okay, so fresh all start right, with so these young pitchers. All right, so you're you're pushing our you're believing our farm system because it's a new regime with Michael Elias. Yes. That, that yes. We, <laughs> 
Yeah, that's fair. The and, same and like Elias. The the prospects that haven't worked out for in the past have seemed to be mostly pitchers. The position players, I feel like, have done all right. It's the pitchers uh, that really screwed us. How does Michael Elias do with veteran washed up pitchers? Well, he 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 has shown an ability to flip the, flip them to sucker teams like the Red Sox right, for, like for talented Kashner. players back. Yeah, yeah, Andrew Cashin and then uh, Time Malone. Yeah, Malone sent to the Braves last year, right? Yeah, but this ability to flip veteran mediocre pitchers, I think, is a a talent. <laughs> even even Cobb to a certain okay. extent, right? Even Cobb. Well, veteran, we ate a lot of money. We ate a lot of money on Cobb. Yeah, yeah, but the point is being able to trade veteran washed up pitchers. Okay, is kind of his thing. That's All kind right. of Michael Elias's his if, specialty. If, if only he could do that to first baseman. Yeah. Yeah, no, not so much as the first baseman. Overpriced um, or moderately priced aging back of the rotation starters, trading them is what Michael Elias does best. Well, especially the cheap ones to offer in minor league deals and invest in like $2 million and bring in three guys that can fit that, improve, and will flip you role model. I mean, that's a great offseason for Michael Elias. Yeah, yeah, I really like I like the Hernandez signing. I like the Harvey signing. I like them because I like the LeBlanc signing. Okay, fine, you can like that. I'll let you like that. Um, I don't, but I'm okay with it. I like it for a couple re- like these signings for a couple reasons. One, I am not confident at all. Like, if you were to rank the likelihood of them being flipped at the trade deadline, right? I would rank them like this. I would put a percent on it. Call me fan graphs. Here's my percent. Um, I would put LeBlanc being flipped at the trade line, deadline for anyone for, for a body at th- at 40%. 40%. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would put King Felix at 10%. Okay. And I would put Matt Harvey at 0%. No, I, I, all right, I, my rankings are similar with you, and that's why I like Wade LeBlanc. Because I feel like of the three guys, he's the one that has a decent chance to be flipped. Yeah. but But I also think... There's an equal chance. No, there's a better chance than them being flipped of them just not making it to August for whatever reason, whether it's injury or yeah. bad performance. And I like that because I do want to watch these pitchers pitch. I want to watch Matt Harvey. I want to watch K. King Felix. But I think come June and July, I'm going to be done with them. And I'm going to want to see Zach Lothar and Ox Wells and Bruce Zimmerman. And Michael right. Bauman. I'm going to want to see these young pitchers. And so, yeah, entertain me for a few months while I'm waiting for the real talent to get here. I, I really like the idea of, of Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey being around our young pitchers. And yeah, I don't know about Matt Harvey. But yeah, Matt Harvey has a bit of a reputation for being a kind of a punk. What's the, uh, what's the chance that we have uh, T-shirt nights for Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey as there's no other names on this team? Well, but see, the problem is you can't print the T-shirts now because you don't no, know if they'll be no, around no, no, no. Even, come, even come April. Like uh, Matt Harvey is not on the 40-man. Like He has to make the team out of spring training. Yeah. King Felix is on the 40-man at least. But Matt Harvey and, isn't even on the 40-man. He just gets an invitation to spring training. Right. And these are two guys that really no one knows what to expect from them. No one's expecting them to be great. No, you're hoping that they can be slightly below average. <laughs> like you're hoping. Don't, right. That, don't embarrass us and eat innings. 
Yeah, yeah. Throw six innings, give up four runs, and then hit the showers. Yeah. Um, you're not expecting much, but like I'm excited. Like I was reading, I was pumping myself up, reading Matt Har- what Matt Harvey's been doing in the offseason, working on a, a new pitch and working on some stuff, kind of reinventing himself. Um, King King Felix seems like a competitor. Um, a year off, you know, let, let's see what happens. Like, like these are at least interesting guys. Other guys, Tom Eshelman doesn't interest me at all. Even last year, Asher Wojciechowski, who's now I think with the Red Sox, no interest. Harvey and Hernandez, like I said, I'm not doing date night on those nights. I'm watching those games. Yeah, I mean, those are the guys we want to see if they have anything uh, just for the memory of them being good. To get a little glimpse of that of that spot where they were good, I guess, is a better way to say it. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you hope that they have, you know, a couple special starts le- 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 left in them. Um, and that would be really cool to see. Um, if not, again, like this is not, I don't expect to be watching them in, in, in September. I don't. Um, and so if they can just entertain me for a few months, um, we used to talk about entertain me until the Ravens start playing, right? Like stay competitive right. until the Ravens right. start playing. Yep. That's like not even stay competitive this year, but just entertain us um, until the Ravens or entertain us until we we get to see some young pitchers, right? Last year at the end of the season, they they sprinkled it Keegan Aiken and then Dean Kramer. Like, mm-hmm. at what point do we get to see a couple young? And that made it exciting. It was fun to watch that yeah. pitch. At what point do we get to? Hopefully, just when we're getting tired of Hernandez and Harvey and LeBlanc, we get a Lothar a Wells and a, and a Bauman or something. Yeah, or instead you'll just get Eshelman and then. That's LeBlanc. also a possibility. Yeah, um, and Jorge Lopez. All right, Felix and Matt Harvey. Are these are these guys rotation or bust, or are they guys that could go into the pen as well? Oh, I would imagine they're a rotation or a bust. Okay, even though I think the Mets put Matt Harvey in the bullpen for a while. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm or, wrong, but from my perspective. Or do you kind of ruin the whole reason? They're here to eat innings. You, that doesn't mean a bullpen slot. That means a yeah, slot. Yeah, that's how I feel. Like, you're just taking up a bull's bullpen slot. Like we have guys to throw in the bullpen. If we're just trying to, you know, throw random arms in the bullpen, the only reason you would put in the bullpen, if you think you can fix Matt Harvey, right? I think that's what okay. he was moved to the bullpen before. Cause you thought you could fix him yes. and then put him back as a starter. But at this point, you know, if he doesn't pitch well, I don't think you're going to fix Matt Harvey. Right. So unless they thought they could fix him somehow by putting him in the bullpen for a little bit, that's the only scenario where I could see him moving to the bullpen, but our bullpen's already, I would say it's pretty crowded, but it's, it's crowded actually with, it is. It's very crowded. Yeah. It's, with, it's with very places. crowded with stuff. Yeah. If you look at our bullpen, I mean, I would argue half our bullpen are placeholders that won't be here in two years. Yeah. Bunch of placeholders. Uh, and there's a bunch of question marks in our bullpen yeah. as well. So I want to get to that, Josh. So I, I, I like to do this. I did this last year. I like to do this again. Just looking at as pitchers and catchers report here, who, like, for what pitchers is this a make or break? Season for what pitchers is this a make or break season? Mm, all right, and I think looking at starters, forget bullpen, okay? Because bullpen, I don't really know what to make of that. All right, all right, well, let's start with starters. Yeah, so if you look at our starters, we both here, probably have number one guy for me. Our, our, I'll just say here's according to the Orioles website, I just pulled it up. Here's our depth chart, okay? I don't think this is any order, this is just names. I don't know what the order is. Um, 
it's not ordered by alphabet. I don't know what the order is. But they have John Means. All right. Well, he's supposed to be our number one. This might be a a slot. Uh, okay. Number two, they have Felix Hernandez. <laughs> okay, is that right? Maybe, maybe that might maybe. be right. Might, might be right. Number three, Wade, Wade LeBlanc. This is starting to feel right. Number four, Dean Kramer. Yeah. Felix Hernandez is number two. Yeah, that's, 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 I, see, I feel like maybe Keegan Aiken or should be number two, or maybe yeah. even Wade LeBlanc. I don't know. All right. But anyway, um, so it's Means, Hernandez, LeBlanc, Kramer, Aiken, and then the sixth spot is Lopez. Okay. All right. And, or, or you pull Hernandez out of that, and you have the top five. Yeah. But okay. That's an interesting spot to see uh, Hernandez. And then you have a bunch of other potential starters, like the young guys, like Bruce Zimmerman, who right. for some reason they have him in the Orioles' depth chart as a bullpen guy, though he's never pitched in the bullpen in the minors, so I don't know what the deal is with that. But they have other guys who they just put on the 40-man, like Zach Lothar I mentioned, um, like Alexander Wells. Um, I saw an article talking about Cesar Valdez as a potential starter. I was like, don't take Valdez and put him as a starter. But anyway, so th- those are just a bunch. And then Matt Harvey, you can add to that list as a as a – uh, a non forty man right. invitee to spring who sure. could fight for a forty man for a right. first spot. So, all right. So, starting rotation. Who has the most to prove? Yeah, or who who has like this is it? Like, if they don't pitch well this year, next year they could be bumped out. Okay. Who is right. this that's like a, a make different. or break year for? Okay. All right. Well, see, that's that's a little different way to put it because I think this is a really important year for John Means to really show that he belongs in this rotation. I mean, they're going to be putting him out there as the ace of this rotation, deservingly or not, really based on what he did in 2019. They're kind of looking past his rough 2020 year. Yeah, and, well, I mean, you could argue, like, 2020 half a year, rough half a year, rough, yes. rough first half of the year. But and so I actually broke it down, Josh, not to get too much into it, but I broke it down to, like, guys I'm most curious to watch, and John Means at the top of my list on that list. But then I have a separate list of guys who are on the bubble. Like John Means, even right. with a bad year, I right, think he still has a spot for 2021. All right, I mean, let's go through the curious to watch list first. Okay. So I have John Means on that list. Okay. And I have some bullpen arms on here too. Okay. Um, number one is John Means because for all the reasons you said, because I think he is the biggest kind of most important piece in our starting pitching in the sense that he could be a top of the rotation guy or he could be off the top five, he, <laughs> like not, not even is, a, he is very, well, we probably won't get to position. We'll get to position players next week. Yeah. Another day. We don't have time to Austin week. Hayes is in the same position as him as a chance to be there. All right. Keep going. Um, the second thing appeared to curse to watch. And I just grouped this together. Any young pitcher, any young starter, Bruce Zimmerman, Michael Bauman, Zach Lothar, Alex Wells. I put them all as one. And kind of any time that they are able or get the call, because I don't think, expect any of them to be called up at the beginning of the season. But whenever they get the call up, I'm pumped to watch because um, we know about Grayson Rodriguez. We know about D.L. Hall. Outside of that, our rotation for the 2023 World Series is a bit open. Um, last year, I was so surprised, pleasantly surprised by Dean Kramer. Like he, he pitched a lot better than I thought he would. Um, and so is there going to be a guy this year that surprises us that pitches a lot better than we kind of expect? Yeah. I'm hoping for Mickey Janice. Janice. Okay. 
you know, the, the 31-year-old knuckleballer. It's never oh. made it to the majors. But yeah. the knuckleballer that's been in minor leagues for like 10 years. Yeah. I did not include him in my list. I didn't think he made it in your list. Um, the other guy I just mentioned him is Dean Kramer. I'm, I'm really curious to see, can D- Dean Kramer back up what he did last year with a with being, if he is this year, and I think he will be, kind of an everyday number three starter right. wherever that he's put in, pitching every fifth day, um, will he be able to take that pitch like he did la, 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 last year? Or right. was last year kind of gotcha. a weird fluky the year? You're going at this, prove to me that you belong in the rotation the year we win the World Series. Yeah, like, or he, yeah, because every year, starting next year, starting the end of this year, Starting the end of last year, we'll see new pitchers emerge into yeah. our starting rotation. Yes. And every time a young pitcher emerges and pitches well, someone's got to go. Okay. And is yeah. Dean Kramer a stay guy or is he a go guy? Right. We got to find out. And we've made it clear that we're hopeful for 2023 yep. as the year, which means it's time to start locking people down. Yeah. Um, and as far as bullpen go, I'm going to group these next two guys together. Okay. I said this last year. This is my same answer as last year. Guys, I, I'm excited to watch last year. Same this year because I love their arms. Hunter Harvey, Tanner Scott. Can this be our back of the rotation duo? Can this be our Britton Chapman? Can this be our eighth, ninth, and kind of co- 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 combo? Um, I want to see kind of the the, uh, the progression of two young pitchers with electric arms Scott and Hunter Harvey. Yeah, I, I agree. Those are guys. When you talk about guys that like need to prove themselves, sure, those are big names, and it would be exciting. It's guys. I still have trouble getting over the fact that Hunter Harvey was a bust in the rotation. Yeah. So I need him to do a little Zach Britton magic and prove himself in the back end. Yeah, I, I agree. And I'm also still really concerned about. Um, the injury stuff with Hunter Harvey, is he a guy who can you can count on for an entire se- se- season without being injured? Okay, sure. All right. And, and, and I just have one more that I'm kind of curious to watch. And here's a guy who's been mentioned every now and then, a bullpen arm. Um, but can I interest you in these stats? It, last year, or this he didn't pitch last year because the minor league season or whatever. But in 2019, playing on three different teams – he pitched 73 innings out of the bullpen um, and struck out 110 guys and held batters to a batting average of 184 so over three teams. Three, three teams. Last year in 2020, he played on three. No, 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 no. This, I'm sorry, in 2019. Uh-huh. He didn't play last say, year. I didn't think people got passed all around like that no, last year. Yeah. So he took last year off. Pitch for three teams. Really, you're that intrigued by Felix Hernandez? <laughs> no, who, and this who guy. Who are you talking to? Who are you the, talking the, um, uh, I'm talking about, and this this is the guy we got for Dylan Bundy in the trade with the Angels, Isaac Matson. He just he's an intriguing arm to me. Um, the stats are kind of jump off the page. He's 25. He's still young. So I'm excited in the bullpen to add to the Hunter Harvey Tanner Scott. I'm also excited to watch Isaac Matson. All right, so you're thinking Isaac, Hunter, Harvey, and uh, what's his name? Who am I? Scott, Tanner Scott. Tanner Scott. I yeah. wanted to say Luke Scott, but I knew that was wrong. Tanner Scott. You think this can be our like seven, eight, nine close out the game guys? 
Yeah, I, th- I think they had the potential, and they're all young, right? So they all are unproven, but I think they could have the making of it. And all if right. you look now at our, just, our... Uh, just imagine yeah. if you went, uh, if you brought uh, Isaac in, then you brought in uh, Tanner Scott, then you make it, mix in a little Mickey Janice before you go <laughs> into Hunter Harvey. Bring that yeah. knuckleballer in between two fastballs. That's what I'm looking for. All right. Well, we have that <laughs> almost have that equivalent in Cesar Valdez with his 88 mile per hour fastball, whatever it is. Um, well, 86 mile per hour fastball. We have that in our rotation with Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey. Yeah. But the rest of the bullpen, you look at guys like Cole Salser and Paul Fry, who's a nice pitcher, but whatever. Tom Eshelman. Right. Um, Tra- Travis Likens Jr. There's just no one who. Some people are excited about Dylan Tate. He really doesn't, doesn't do it for me that much. I think this could Fernando be a make or break bad? year for him. How about a bad? Do you like a bad? Yeah, I mean, if a bad makes a team, I don't think he's even on the 40 man, is he? I, I'm not sure. He might not be. Uh, he, I think he's another roster invite guy. But and no, I don't like him for the whole Manny Machado thing. If you were comment comments on that. <laughs> yeah, I, but, I do remember that. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, but most of the guys, like all those guys I just named are fillers. Um, Matson yeah. and Scott and Harvey aren't fillers. The rest of the guys are just fillers. All right. How about the two Rule 5 guys? We got two Rule 5 pitchers. Do we hide any of them in our bullpen? They can't be fillers. They're more like just space taker uppers. <laughs> like, um, if you remember, it was Tyler Wells and Max Scarello, something like that. And yeah. It's Rule 5 guys, so I don't know. Like, yeah. Dan Duquette he- would have kept one of them. I don't know what Michael Elias does with Rule 5 guys. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a really good point. Um, Mascarello, yeah, and Tyler Wells. I, yeah, I don't know. I I would be. I mean, Ty, Ty, Tyler Wells. We talked about this before. I like him because he's freaking six foot eight. That's just so impressive. Two hundred sixty five pounds, six foot eight. But um, yeah, I, I would be surprised if they both broke camp. But I just said there's a whole bunch of fillers in the bullpen. That's true. So to me, like, what's the difference between Tom Eshelman and Travis Lakins and Cole Saucer? Or having a Tyler Wells and Max Max Scarella back there, like well, to me, there's about, no difference in those guys. It's all about getting out of the inning. But you're right. Why would we keep Tom Eshelman? Tom Eshelman's not part of this future. One of yeah. these guys might be. Yeah, and so if you think that there's any potential with Mac or Tyler, like I would go with right. them. And we've already said we have a zero percent chance of making the postseason. So let's just go all Rule Five. Yeah, see what sticks. Now, at some point, you don't think Mac or Tyler can get major league hitters out at any point in their career, then, then fine. You go back to the drawing board with Cole Sauce or whatever. But right. yeah, I would lean to them in the bullpen because you have, again, a bunch of fillers in the bullpen. All right. Well, I mean, again, like you said, those are the guys to watch. That's what all this season is about. This is the season that you sign up for the MILB TV and watch some minor league baseball. And try to get some. Uh, oh, did I tell you? They finally re- they reshuffled Triple A divisions and everything. So now the Norfolk Tide are in the same division as the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Yeah, yeah, I saw which that. Which means all these future Orioles are going to come down here, and I get to go see them at like a thirty minute drive. Yeah, and that, so, this is a perfect year to watch Norfolk. I think the rotation is yeah. going to be stacked. Yeah, I told. I reached out on Twitter. I was like, "Hey, uh, Norfolk PR guy, it's time to get to know me." Yeah. Because I want to see you when you're down here in Jacksonville. Yeah, no, I think that's cool. So. All right. I think that covers our pitchers and catchers report. No, no, no. I didn't tell you who the two guys I think this season is the most important for. 
Could you oh. maybe do the curious guys first? All right, fine. Two guys this is the most important for. The one um, guy. That you haven't mentioned yet. Yeah, I haven't mentioned these guys. I mentioned, well, I mentioned them, but in a previous conversation, just in passing, when I was talking about the depth chart in our start rotation. Hmm. Who's a guy who's, who is potential to start this year, and if he starts well, could be in the rotation next year, but if he struggles, he's done. He's not going to get a, 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 another chance. Cody Carroll? It's a bullpen guy. I'm talking about starters. Oh, starters, starters. Uh, um, Aiken. Did you mention Aiken yet? No, I think Aiken's one of them. That that's one of them. All right. Because here's a guy. Here's a guy. Bad minor league numbers. Like always, kind of up and down. Working on new pitches in, in the in AAA. Working on his changeup. Um, really impressed last year when he came up. But as far as like, you know, throws fastball in the low 90s. Doesn't have electric stuff like some of the other pitchers have. And so I feel like Keegan Aiken also, um, he's still young, but not, I mean, he's 25, you know, he, he's a guy that I think will get a chance to start every fifth day this year. But if he struggles come next year, I think you could be looking at a young pitcher taking his spot in the rotation. If he doesn't pitch well, I think um, it's a really big year for Keegan Aiken to prove himself that he can be a starter in the major leagues. All right. Well, if you're then leaning on Keegan Aiken, then it's also, also then the other one's got to be Dean Kramer. Yeah, no, actually, I don't have him because I think Dean All Kramer. Right. You think he's shown enough? Yeah, I think his stuff, like not low 90s, but mid 90s stuff, he's got enough. His stuff is a little more uh, electric that I think even if he struggles this year, um, the leash will be a little bit longer with Dean Kramer and he might get another shot next year, even if he struggles. Right. So the other guy yeah. is Jorge Lopez. Oh, I didn't even think he was going to make make the rotation. All right, Jorge Lopez. He's 28, right? So he's a little bit older. Um, MLB career, <laughs> he has an ERA of about six. Um, but they like his stuff. Like they're they're into Jorge Lopez spin rate. They're into his curveball. He's got a nice curveball. Like they like Jorge Lopez. But he could go the way of Asher Wojciechowski if he doesn't pitch well. Um, but like if, if they think he, you know, can live up to this, to this spin rate and this talent that, that Jorge Lopez has, um, he could make it, make a case to be in the start rotation next year. But if he doesn't pitch well, this has to be it for him. He's 28 last year. He had an ERA almost seven, um, in six games started. So I think he could quickly either move to the bullpen, um, or be cut if he doesn't perform this year. So Jorge Lopez, this really is like Keegan Aiken. I think kind of make a break for Jorge Lopez. Like this is it. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you're right. Because if I, if it's a guy that I think's not even going to make it, then the, obviously he's the guy on the bubble that has to prove it. Yeah, that's another interesting thing, right? Like if Harvey pitches well in spring right. training, if Hernandez pitches well in spring training, all right, then one of these guys have to go. Yeah. Um, the problem is if they both pitch bad, then these other guys have to fit in. Yeah. Someone has to. You still got to have five pitchers. Yeah, I wonder if the Orioles would tinkle, tinkle, not tinkle, would tinker. <laughs> well, the don't, Orioles tinkle. Would, would tinker. Let me, down, let me write down a show that, title. No, that's not a title. Don't make that a title. <laughs> would, would tinker with a six-man rotation because you have like really young arms or old arms that are about to fall off. And so if you want to preserve the arms of 
maybe a Matt Harvey and a, a injury-riddled Matt Harvey and an aging Felix Hernandez, while also limiting the innings of a young Dean Kramer, Keegan Aiken, maybe you go a six-man rotation and you sprinkle in Jorge Lopez in there as well um, or something. I like so I, uh, My laughter about how are the Orioles going to fill five men is you saying maybe it's time they go to six men. Hey, and you never know about injuries, but I could make an argument here that you have John Means... Felix Hernandez, Wade LeBlanc, Dean Cramber, Kigan Aiken. Oh, shoot. Jorge Lopez and Matt Harvey. That's seven. Seven-man rotation. Well, shoot. you know, there is a lot of concern that after the short season and the weird COVID stuff that you're going to need. Pitchers aren't going to go as long, and pitchers aren't going to be able to pitch as much. So maybe we go a seven-man rotation. Seven-man rotation, yeah. That means you pitch once a week. And with off days, you push, it pushes you back even further. Yeah, but I mean, but but that's honestly, that's what we have here. We have seven starters. Th- those guys are starters I just named. The other guys, I think, are they're not going to want to push up. All even right. though I would argue that you know Zach Lothar probably better than Jorge L- 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 Lopez. I don't think they're, I think they're going to have a rotation in, in Norfolk with five potential Orioles in there, and I think they're going to run out those seven. And the best of those yeah. seven will make the roster. Either you'll cut Harvey or you'll do a six-man rotation or you'll move Lopez to, to the bullpen. But I think the starting rotation jobs to start the season is between those seven guys I just said. Means, Hernandez, LeBlanc, Kramer, Aiken, Lopez, and and um, Matt Harvey. That's the list, I think, for you, the starting rotation. You joke about a seven-man rotation when what you really mean is we have a one-man rotation and a bunch of other guys. Yeah, well, and that's the question. I don't know. Like, we have, I mean, John, as John Means is the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is Dean Kramer the guy? I don't know. Is Dean Kramer a guy? He might be a guy. Dean Kramer might be a guy. He might be a guy, but he, but we have one-man rotation. And if you talk to some people, Keegan Aiken might be a guy. Fine. Yeah. All seven might be a guy. The question is, right now, what do we know? If you had to put in guys that you only knew, it would be only one. Right. And this is why the Orioles are projected to have a 0% chance to make yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. To go all the way back from the beginning of the show. All right. We understand we have a 0%. Yeah. Makes sense. But. 17 makes sense. But but the thing is, Josh, Fangraphs doesn't know. I mean, I, I, I assume Fangraphs thinks that Dean Kramer and Keegan Aiken will not pitch well this year. I, I assume think, that they think they'll have a regression based off last year. Yeah. Fangraphs thinks we have a one-man rotation. Yeah, and a one-man rotation is not going to win you any games. I think Fangraphs views John Means probably as a number four starter, right? And we view yes. him as a potential number one or two starter. Uh, um, we have him as a potential number one. Well, he I is our number one. We view he is our number one. I don't know if we view him as a number one. This is going back to all those debates. It's Chris Tillman and Ace. Well, if he's your uh, open starter on opening day, then yes, right. he is our Ace. Yeah, and Joe. Now, would he be an Ace for any there. other team? Would John Means be an Ace for other teams? No. But he's our ace. It and he's showing the potential to be, I think, a top rotation starter when his, you know, yeah. when his head's on straight. And, and it has doesn't matter. We just want to see John Means in Camden Yards on April 1st. Absolutely. It's fine. In person. Wear, wear, wear the orange, and we're good with you. You yeah. don't have to win. Wear the jersey. Fair enough. All right. We good now? We cover all the, or- all the pitchers and catchers news? I guess. I mean, I they could give you a tomorrow. better ass- assessment I mean, of Jorge Lopez if I see. Does Jorge Lopez 
Look a little chunky. Um, is he really in shape? How reliable cool. is the Onion article? Like, there's some things I still want to know about yeah. these pitchers and catchers. Not to, not to bring up politics, but COVID has ruined today. Because today is supposed to be when we get all the pictures of the beards and the bellies. And yeah. COVID ruined that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Surely someone can sneak in there and take a picture of a beard or a belly. I I am very disappointed in the Orioles' own uh, social media. Though they had some pretty funny posts today about the 0%. Did you see those posts? No, I did not. They had funny posts about the 0%. Right. And today, funny replies. today was the weird report day. Tomorrow's when they're out in the field throwing. So okay. Tomorrow's the beer and belly day. The beard yeah. and bellies day. Yeah. I want to see some some bellies tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. Orioles starting pitcher most likely to have a belly tomorrow. Answer. Keegan Aiken. Mark in the book. <laughs> Crap. You stole my answer. Keegan Aiken. Keegan Aiken is the belly. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll see that uh, tomorrow. I'm sorry we went a little bit long. We didn't. Uh, did we go long? Well, we always go about this long. We no, but Josh, I'm saying hour. we're not. We we we're, how, we. There's more to the show that I guess we're gonna have to cut now. Oh, okay. Do you want to cut stuff or do you want to go long? Well, we got ball four. I completely forgot about ball four. Oh my gosh! So I think about in the week ball four. All right, fine. Let's go ball four. All right, I'll I go still first. Don't have, I don't still don't have the sounder yet for ball four, but ball four is where we do our non-baseball, topic. non-politics, non-baseball, non-politics. Oh, let me cross out politics. <laughs> All right, ball four. Yeah, I well, my second one might touch on politics. You, you have to tell me. You need to give me like a little buzzer. We need a buzzer sound if we get too close to the political line, where you like beep them out to make sure they're getting back on the right line. Like those cars that when you start to go off the kind of the, the center line, we need that when we start talking about politics. Beep, 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 right. If we get too close. The stay in your lane beep. Yeah, stay in your lane. The stay in your lane beep. Exactly. Um, we got to stay in our sports lane. No, speaking of stay in our sports lane, my first ball is, Josh, you would not believe how hard it is. <laughs> Maybe you would. I don't, I don't know what you know about kitchen stuff. Okay, kitchen stuff. Josh, we got made how, a pretty how, good hot pocket today for lunch. Okay, do you have any idea how hard it is to get a frying pan? Not get a whole set, but just get a single frying pan. Oh, I do know about this kitchen stuff. Okay, because yes. yeah. it's hard. Yeah, because you didn't want like a cast iron one. You wanted just a normal like nonstick frying well, pan. Well. And Emily's has gotten super into like these um, non-chemical stuff and having things without chemicals. I, I man, uh, I know what I'm talking about. Mandy's birthday was in October. She wanted a new pan. Yes, with, a chemical-free pan. A chemical-free pan, but non-stick, but no chemicals. And not a whole set, but just a single pan. Yeah, and like something else weird about it. Like I had to look at the label. Yes. How long did yeah. you have to wait to get one? How, how hard did, did it take to find one? I ordered a whole set. Because I couldn't find it. Yes. We so I said, hey, you got a whole new set of pots and pans. Yes. We, we didn't want the whole new set. We just wanted one single frying pan. Had to wait on a two-month waiting list. And it finally, we finally got it uh, this past week. That's pretty funny. You had two months for one pan. For one frying pan. And I was like, Emily, why can't – I don't understand this. Like, the, okay, I could see how Amazon has a backlist, whatever, to two months. Like, Emily, go to freaking Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> just go to a store, buy a frying pan. Said so you can't. Right. You can't. You can't go to the store and buy a frying pan. Yeah, no. I did a bunch of research for Mandy's birthday and ended up ordering a whole set. So I've yeah. been there. But Josh, I, I use this to say, 
I even I cooked dinner yesterday for the first time and probably I don't want to say like I make lunch, I make my own lunch, but Emily does the dinner cooking in our house. And I haven't cooked dinner in months, to be honest. And I cooked dinner last night. And the frying pan is freaking amazing. I said, Em, I'm cooking for the rest of the week. Because this frying pan is a life changer. It's amazing. Okay. It doesn't right. stick. It all cooks right. everything perfectly. I'm in love with it. I'm cooking all the time now. Man, just imagine if you had a whole set. <laughs> oh, shoot, a whole set. You wouldn't be able to give me that. Josh, the second this podcast episode ends... I'm going to the grocery store because I need to get some more groceries for what I'm cooking over the next week. Well, maybe you'll be in luck, and it'll be like when we were kids, and they would have the display where you could get, like, the frying pan of the month. And remember, like, every month you would get a different frying pan or a pot or pan until you had the full set, kind of like encyclopedias. Yeah, I just need the one frying pan, though. I do it all in this one frying pan, so that's all all I need. And then I go to pioneerwoman.com and get my recipes. All right, go ahead, Josh. What's your ball? Ball two. Ball two is magic. I'm into magic lately. Okay. I, I stumbled upon the uh, TV show uh, Fool Us with Penn and uh, what's that? Penn and Teller. Teller. Yeah. Yeah. And they have magicians. Are they come still on. doing shows together? Yeah. So they wow. have, it's like a reality show where other magicians come on and they have to um, do their magic trick and then Penn and Teller have to like tell them how they did it. And if Penn and Teller can't figure out how they did the magic trick, then they win for that week, nice. something like that. Um, but like, I found a whole on my Plex. I'll tell you about my Plex thing later. But I've got this Plex thing, and they had a whole bunch of seasons on there. So I started watching it, and I'm really enjoying magic now. And so I've taught myself how to do some little stupid magic tricks, and I've been really impressing the, the uh, six-year-old, seven-year-old, whatever Camden is. Oh yeah, that that's cool it's, to it's impress kids with magic. I still do the penny out the ear thing. Yeah. That's always a winner, well, yeah. Yeah, pulling stuff out of her ear, that I could do already. And now I'm doing a lot more palming and stuff and, and okay. making her making her uh, have a lot of fun and trying to think you're a wizard. Out. Yeah. Yeah, she thinks I'm a magician. Yeah. Ball three, beat me, Josh, if this, if this is too close to political. But I, I'm not a big eating dinner out. Like, I've never been a big restaurant guy. And since I had kids... <laughs> My my ball four is also about eating out, so go on. And since I had kids, I, like, never eat out because taking kids out to restaurants is, like, a nightmare for me. I just hate yep. it. Um, and especially when it's just, like, me and the kids. Like, forget about it. I just don't do it anymore. You know what's awesome about is when the kids get older and Mandy and I go out to eat and, and like, have a quick date and we run out for lunch together or something. Yeah. You can just leave the kids at home. Yeah, I, I look forward to those days. Um, I'm not quite there yet. But but I've gotten super into lately doing curbside pickup with the COVID. Oh, and you, a lot of like, restaurants are doing curbside pickup. If you like curbside pickup, wait till I show you this thing called DoorDash. Okay. See, I am opposed to Grubhub and DoorDash. And I've never I don't have the app. I've never used it. Just because I've been like I'm the type of guy who have to order pizza. I'll go drive and pick up the pizza as opposed to paying five dollar de- delivery fee, yeah. then five dollars for a tip. Like I'm just, I'll just go pick it up myself. But the thing about it is, you, you get takeout. You don't have to worry about cooking the dinner or doing the cleanup. You know all the reasons you like about the restaurant, but not dealing with all the nonsense of being in a restaurant. And the other thing I like about it is, Josh, and this is where you might have to beat me. But I also feel. Like yesterday, we went to the Fisherman's Inn, or no, this is Sunday for Valentine's Day. Went to the Fisherman's Inn for takeout. 
I always leave a 20% tip, even if mm. I just get takeout. I don't really know what I'm it's tipping. a little cheap for COVID. I know, but like I feel like 20% for not even going in to eat and using a waiter, I feel like that's pretty generous. Uh, okay. Um, All right. But we'll leave the that up is, to the listener. When, 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 I, when I order takeout, not only because my issue with, with restaurants and with all with Grubhub and DoorDash was I'm just really cheap. Like I'm a cheap person. I don't oh, want to yeah. spend the money. However, I've been brainwashed by whatever to feel like even when I go to the restaurant to get carryout, like I'm somehow saving the entire economy of the Eastern Shore by getting by getting uh, yeah. curbside. And so yeah. I, like, I feel good about it. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm spending money that I normally would never spend, but I feel good. Like I'm saving someone's job by getting a freaking coconut shrimp at Fishman Inn. I had the same conversation about DoorDash because I said, hey, I know it's more expensive, but that person was probably a bartender and they don't have their job right now. So they're having to do food delivery. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I want to go as far as doing DoorDash, which I feel like is giving them an extra five dollars for no reason. But right. I will go and and I've been going yeah. a lot more like once a week to a local kind of restaurant and getting curbside. All right. Cool. My, I've uh, also been going to, you know, what's also a good place to go to around here is uh, there's always mentions on the battle round that I, the oh. battle round always mentioned Big Bats Cafe over yeah, here. Big you Bats remember Cafe. that? I, I've been there like once or twice. All kids meals are five bucks. It's, and it's nice. a lot of food for the kids meals. Yeah, five but bucks. I feel like Big Bats Cafe is a place you go to like to go eat inside. Yeah, I know. They got the baseball cards and stuff. Yeah, they got the baseball cards. They got the arcades there. Right. It's a really, it's a cool place inside. And one day when we go back inside restaurants, when COVID's over and my kids are teenagers, we're going to go inside and have a great time. Mandy and I will go out to a restaurant and we'll eat at the restaurant, only outside, but it's Florida, so we can have outdoor eating everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So we eat outside and then we'll hit McDonald's on the way home and give the kids McDonald's. Yeah. That's how how we're cheap. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I get that. My ball for, I was thinking about sharing about a restaurant too. I got a new favorite restaurant down here. Zaxby? Well, no, I like Zaxby's. Okay, because I'm watching your YouTube TV and that's all I see. And then I want Zaxby's and I don't have a Zaxby's. <laughs> and it Zaxby's makes me mad. sandwich looks pretty good. I it does look it pretty yet, good. But I keep seeing it as well. Uh, I might have to go tomorrow. No, Mandy and I have the new uh, lunch location and it is, you know, the car dealership Ford? Sure. They opened up a restaurant down here called Ford's Garage. And ah. it's a big restaurant right next to the Ford dealership. And it's like 10 minutes from my house. It's real close by. Mm. And it's got a giant outdoor seating area. So it's nice, great place to sit. And they have a meal that, what's my favorite meal at Camden Yards? What do I get at Camden Yards? Uh, chicken tenders. No, not the chicken tenders. When, <laughs> I, when, I, when I feel up to walking all the way down the stairs. The chipper. And okay, I go around chipper. for the chipper. Okay, fine. The you chipper. know, is the chips and the and the chicken, barbecue chicken or whatever, pork, barbecue yeah, yeah, pork on yeah. top, and the jalapeno for forty dollars. Everything. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so it's like fifteen bucks. They yeah. had that as a meal at the Ford Garage. So it's not called the chipper. The, it's not called the chipper. It's called like Ford's famous nachos or something. Hmm. But it's basically the chipper, and it's at the Ford Garage. So I've been going there, Wait, and I and I keep all the food the names thing. aren't car names. There's not like the Ford Explorer and the Ford Focus, and the, as the food Ford, names. Uh, no, <laughs> like the That's Ford Mustang. Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Taking all the no, food. they're not. They're not. They're uh, when I went there like, the first time, the waitress said, 
Uh, welcome to Fort's Garage. We're famous for our our beer, our beer, our burgers, and our bathrooms. Did they have nice bathrooms? And I just looked at her and she said, she said, I'm not going to tell you about it, but we're famous for our bathrooms. So make sure you check out our bathrooms. You check it out? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah the it? bathrooms. What happened when you walked are, in? Well, like the, the sink faucet thing is like a gas pump. So water uh, pours out of that. Uh, and like the urinal there, yeah. is like, a, is like a, a keg, like cut in half. Okay, I see. That's so cute. I don't really know like how they're famous for their bathrooms because it would be awkward if I took a picture in the bathroom to say, hey, let me post this bathroom online. And famous for how long have they been around? I don't know. I imagine that they must have others like across the country. Okay. And this is just new here. This okay. is the only one here. Because uh, you're weeks, not famous for something if you just opened up in the past year. Right. In a few weeks, I might tell you about Bucky's. I think Bucky's is going to be my ball for in a couple weeks. Okay. Well, you only have two balls. So you're, you're throwing an extra ball in here, and that's a violation. I'm just giving you a little preview. I haven't been there yet, but they open up, uh, on, they open up next week, I believe. So Bucky's will be an upcoming ball. All right. Fine. Uh, and I'm almost finished my Obama mem- memoir. So uh, you look for that one, too. <laughs> you're going to beat me on that one big time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're going to be about the same. Same reviews. Uh, real quick, we're on the Birdland Tonight feed today. want to remind everyone to go check out Birdland Sports on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch. All those. Like and follow those for Birdland Tonight. We've shared it before. It's our post-game show after all the Oriole games coming up. And we're doing a lot of spring training content. Like a couple times a week, we're, ran- we're hopping on and having different hosts talk Orioles. So make sure you go and follow all of that over at Birdland Sports for Birdland tonight. This is an iTunes thing too, right? I can, I can, I can follow them on, yeah. subscribe on my Apple podcast. Oh, yeah. Subscribe in your podcast too, and you'll get the audio of the recording. Uh, so that way you can uh, listen yeah. on your drive-in the next day. Because, you know, some of these games are going to be late-night games. So oh, yeah, absolutely. Might, not, might fall asleep. Those West Coast games, I've fallen asleep well before the post-game show on many West Coasts. So now I would, I'll be able to listen to it on the morning drive into work and catch yeah, up. Yeah, and I don't want to watch YouTube face a page and look at Josh's ugly face every week, but just hear his voice. I, I could, I could stomach. Oh, all right. Not sure. I'm not going to be on every night. We've got a nice mix of like 10, 12 people. Be You're fun. not going to be on every night. I mean, okay. I got nothing else going on, but no. Yeah. I, and I, I think you might need to, if, if, if I know Josh is, if he doesn't like how one show's going, he's going to step right in there and say, scoot over Jimmy. I'm in charge now. Is that, is that a possibility, Josh? Uh, I guess it's a possibility, sure. <laughs> I guess so. I'm not going to say it's not a possibility. I am uh, listening to myself as the uh, producer, I guess. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see you out. Check it out. Also, thank you. We've forgotten in a couple weeks to thank our Patreon members. Yes, we so, appreciate you all. Yeah, appreciate all you guys. It's why the rest of you get to listen to this ad-free and commercial-free, except for commercials for stuff like Birdland Tonight that we want to share about, but no commercials thanks to our Patreon. You can help us out by going to Section 336 and clicking the support button at the top. Yep. You can also follow us on all our social media pages and write us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. Yeah. Baseball season's coming. Start spreading the word. Yeah, absolutely. That, I, that iTunes review helps a lot. All right. I don't know how, but somehow it does. Every time there's a new review, it helps people find us. Yeah, yeah. I just want to have more five-star reviews than our competitors. Is that asking too much? Uh, I haven't compared lately, but yes, please make us have more five-star reviews and more comments. 
Yeah. I haven't compared either, but that's all, right. all I want. By April 1st, I want more than our competitor. Yeah. Um, who will join us on Birdland Sports tonight? <laughs> <laughs> all our competitors will, yes, and we're excited about that. Absolutely. There are competitors and our friends. All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. Uh, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Section336. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Soroka. Thanks for listening, boys and girls. And as always, go O's. We are the Panthers, and we run this town. When you step into the yard, we must protect this house. We are the Panthers, haven't you heard? Got that underdog style, but we'll be crushing the curve. And we really don't care what the haters say. This week at Macy's, find Valentine's Day gifts for all your loves, like fragrance gift sets they'll adore. Plus, take an extra 15% off with your coupon or Macy's card. On top of beautiful jewelry finds, now 35 to 70% off. And 25% off decadent chocolate from Godiva. Macy's Star Rewards members earn on every purchase except gift card services and fees. More at Macy's.com slash Star Rewards. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, Where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars, and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel, and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details.